God is actually great. God is actually great. He made the trees. He made the grasses of the field. He made the clouds. He made the clouds. He made me. He made me. He made me to be like him. I know that it looks like I'm ugly. But I'm like God. Praise the Lord. Let's be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> I'm not ugly. It's there, but I'm not ugly. <laughs> Praise God. All right. So um, today we are going to round up a teaching on on giving. But uh, our focus in this giving was on this in this topic was a uh, tithing, right? Uh, in other teachings, we're going to talk about you know sowing seeds, first fruit, all those things that we used to do when we were young, and all that. Ah. Uncle Tayo just gave you money. Better put out your tithe. Put out your tithe. You know. Um, but we, we didn't really know why this was like, Mommy, I'm not giving, I'm not giving all the to God. It's my money. You know. And, but uh, God doesn't want to rob us. Right? There is no dollars or pounds or naira in heaven. I promise you there isn't. I promise. There is none. Scripture says God gives you the power to make God. Scripture does not tell God gives you cash. Because sometimes when we say in church that God, you know, God bless me. Sometimes you just expect that you know money will just drop from heaven like that and stuff. No, it's not like that. Though. It's not like that. You know, you look at it. So we talked about giving. Let's open our Bibles to like the second scariest book of the Bible, Malachi chapter three, where everybody believed that God was cursing people because God was vexing. God just departed. Like, See, ah, you know, pay your time, you go die, you know that. Everybody say, God is love. God loves me. God loves the heck out of me. And he actually loved the hell out of me. Uh, amen. So Malachi chapter 3 verse uh, 10. No. Verse 8. That's where we usually start that thing from. One, two, three, go. Ah. Malachi is just before Matthew. <laughs> come on, come on. Just open to Matthew and then turn back. It's after Zechariah. Okay. It's in the Old Testament. It's the last book of the Old Testament. Are we there? Yes. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. One, two, go. Yes. 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 Yes.
It have do, it have do, it have do. No, no, no. It's just the cause I want us to talk about. Let's see who was causing who. Praise God. Let us start very briefly with the history of tithing. It actually started not in time of Abraham. Started in time of Adam. All right. Some people have gone all deep and exegetical about it, but you know, we'll just skim the surface just because of time. <clears throat> um. So I told some people today that I actually wrote down everything I was going to say, just so that we hit a home run, right? So tithing was a system created by God to keep food in his storehouse. It was also keep, to keep man safe from restless hustles. God reserved parts of fruits in the Garden of Eden. Man had the choice not to take of that particular fruit, but he did. But what happened was, ever since man took that fruit, man became responsible for his righteousness. Man became responsible for his judgments. Right? That's why it's called the tree of what? Knowledge of good and evil. So man began to say, uh, it's not right, it's right, it's, uh, you know, basically. So when we put it economically, you're right. Man gained autonomy from the administration of God. Autonomy just means um, I'm on my own. I can I can live my life the way I want to live it. Right? So man gained autonomy from God, from the administration of God, and man began to toil as a result of this newly acquired self-righteousness syndrome. Praise God. Now, um, God did not want man to toil in the first place. And do you know that God did not cause Adam? If God's desire is to bless you, why will he curse you? Why? God was just trying to tell Adam, that see, because of what you have done, the earth will begin to respond to you this way. Had it been, so it was like, you were toiling the ground, your wife would go, no. God was just reading out the instruction manual. If you remove the hinge, that thing that rotates in the fan, and you turn on the fan, the fan will begin to make noise. So God was like, because you have removed that hinge, that fan will begin to make noise. You will not enjoy that fan. That was what God was saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? God wasn't saying, uh, because you entered inside the place, I've made that fan spoil for your sake. You will not enjoy this fan. No, no. God is not petty. And because sometimes people think that, okay, because, because I made a mistake, God is the one that made me to become sick. There is no sickness in heaven, so why will God be looking for sickness to give you? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. So God in his divine mercy, okay, so man began to fend for himself and began to sow aprons of figs, right? Then God in his mercy by divine providence, that's provision, you know, began to reinvent ways to provide and protect man before redemption, right? One of the measures God put in place to ensure that man does not starve was the system of tithe, first fruits and the like. Jacob, then let's fast forward down to Jacob. Then Jacob now entered the covenant with God in Genesis chapter 28, verse 22. We'll discuss about it. Don't worry. This is just like an introduction. And um, so, and then, when Jacob entered the covenant, now this was actually what God was reminding them in the book of Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 to 9. God was reading what they read. God wasn't generating cause afresh. Mm -mm. Well, we'll look at it together. All right? So, 
um, Jacob made a deal with God. Turn your Bibles to let's just quickly talk. Let's just quickly touch it. Turn your Bible to, to Genesis 28, 22. Genesis 28, 22. Genesis is the first book of the Bible before Exodus. Right. Genesis 28, Joshua, I want you to read it out loud. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, read two chapters, two verses before. And Jacob vowed a vow. And Jacob vowed a vow. Now, please hold on. You know, people used to say, uh, we are now under the New Testament, sorry. We are now under the New Testament. Titan is done away with. Titan is this. Titan, no. That's not Titan. Uh, see. Abraham was before the new, before the, the law. Isaac was before the law. Jacob was before the law. Moses was before the law, who eventually wrote the law. Now, so what happened here was Jacob made a covenant. Jacob did not make a law. Moses made, Moses too did not make a, 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 a Moses actually made um, 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 a law out of it under the instruction of God. Do you understand? Now, in the New Testament, were reverted back to the covenant that Abraham made with God. And we will see it. Abraham did actually make a covenant with God. All right. So, um, no, I know what I'm saying. Abraham made a covenant. Jacob made a covenant. So, I'm, I'm not mixing two of them together. All right. So, all right. Okay. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. Yes. And this stone, which I have set for the pillar, shall be God's house. Mm -hmm. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the things unto thee. Hmm. Odi. Odi. We are entering it small, small now. Alright? So Jacob made, I'm, so, I'm sure many of us have not seen that scripture before. Right? And Jacob vowed, uh, Lord, if you protect me, you save me, you do everything, I'll give you a tent, just to show you that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in honor of you, right? So, now, um, let's take a detour back to Malachi 310. No, no don't, don't open it, don't open it, because where we want to read now is actually where Moses took that covenant from. Open to Deuteronomy chapter 27. Sorry, we're going to be doing a lot of reading today. Just, I want you guys to see it yourselves, right? Deuteronomy 27, we'll read Deuteronomy 28, right? Uh, 27, chapter 27. Because, see, let me tell you something. God was not, let's even say, let's even assume that God was cursing. God was not just doing that for tithing. God was not doing that for offering. But you know what the devil does is that he just takes something out of context, emphasizes on it, shouts a lot of heresy on it. It will begin to fight, fight each other for stuff. And by the time you look at it, you realize that there's really no problem. Do you understand what we're saying? All right, so 27. Now, I want to read it myself. Just listen to me. Deuteronomy 27, verse uh, 9. And Moses, now something happened on the Mount of Ebal and on the Mount of Ger Ger uh, Gerizim. The children of Israelite, oh, hey, the children of Israel, <laughs> the children of Israelite, they were between the two mountains. So let's just say this is Mount Ebal, this is Mount Gerizim, where all those one million people were coming to. So God and uh, Moses, now under instruction, Moses and the priests. The Levites speak unto all of Israel, saying, Take heed and hearken, O Israel, this day thou art become um, the people of the, of 
the Lord thy God, thou shalt and therefore obey the voice of the Lord thy God and do his commandments, his statutes, blah 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 blah. Then verse 12 now goes on to say, These shall stand upon the Mount Gezerim. You can Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. Oh yeah, wow. You guys on Ebal are Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulon, Dan, and after the post. And those guys began to climb the mountain, climb the mountain, climb the mountain, climb the mountain. So everybody, the mountain, 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 the and say unto the voice of uh, with a loud voice unto the men of Israel with a loud voice. Come to help out. Cursed be, curse be the man that maketh. No. No. Something happened on mountain. Let me just take it like this because this is my method. Um. Um. I want to say it after she's gone. After she's gone, she doesn't know that we wanted to actually do that stuff. You know, some of these people don't want to be healed. I was just telling you about it. a woman who doesn't want to be healed. I met a guy at Campus Gate. His arm was, the guy was fine, perfectly healthy gentleman, but his arm had issues. So it's the house I got. Um, I was like, how do you know my God can heal you? God has done healings through you. It's a you. The child of God, let me pray for you. The guy was like, no. No, actually, the guy was there for hours. And I was happy, and I felt very good. God. Doesn't he know what? Doesn't he know that he's going to be healed? Can you imagine if he's healed? Do you know? Do you know how it will work? And the Spirit said, "Don't you think that he's making money?" Some people have taken, have made a living out of them. You have seen people without legs who are still going to job, to work, making good money. Some people with full body, they are begging on the street. The problem is not sickness. The problem is there is no hope in the heart. Many people have lost hope. And so that is why we, next time you are giving alms to somebody, because in church, usually they emphasize a lot about giving offering, giving time. Go and read Isaiah 50. You also talk about giving alms. When you are giving alms to people, do it joyfully. Don't just throw money at them as though they are not human beings. They are like you. If they have the same opportunities as you have, don't better than you are Some of them have full, complete body, every hand and toe, fine. Some of them are even dressing fine. But there is no hope in their heart. Some of them have never heard God bless you. Some of them have never heard, you know, some of them have never heard I love you. None of them have ever, some people have not smiled to them in a while. And there was a woman I saw on my way tomorrow, this year. And I was in the bus. I saw the woman giving out. She's coming again. You did give up. Right? So, um, this, this, this woman, she wanted to give alms to a beggar. She was saying, if you listen to my podcast, you hear it. I talked about it in the podcast. So this woman, the guy was on the floor. I think he didn't, his legs were, he was, he was crippled, right? And she now wanted to give him alms. She now began to speak into the moon. But when you looked at her countenance, it was like she was invoking all the bad things in her life. Google eyes on me. Google come, come, come. Come a ballo. Come a shaking. You want to help somebody, yet you are putting costs inside the game. And if we check now, they'll say that one's going to church. And of course, the ignorant 
hopeless guy collected it with thanksgiving. Mm. You Christians should not be like that. See, sometimes you might not even have cash to give them. Sometimes I would just stop and just. I know some people they don't understand the thing of English I'm saying. Like, hey, how are you? Shit. Just to wait for them. When they smile, then I'm good. Then I can go. Praise God. You can read Isaiah 58 very well. To change, to change the way you're thinking. Praise God. Uh -huh. So yes, those guys now stood. Bam. Okay. The other guys now stood. Bam. Okay. Then the Levites. The Levites were the people that stood on the Mount of Gezerim. They were the people who were um, shouting the curses. The people who stood on the Mount of Kibar were the ones shouting the blessings. So the Levites out of the other tribes. You know it was the tribe of Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, Benjamin that stood on Gezerim. So they were the ones that confessed with curse. Now said, Cursed be the man that maketh any graven image or molten image which is an abomination to the Lord God, blah, 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 blah. All the people in Israel, in the Israel, in the Israel camp shouted, Amen. They went on to say, Cause be he that said that like by his father and mother, everybody shouted, Amen. Do you see what's going on there? They were entering the covenant. Let me go to the last swing. This way, swing for them. Say, Cause be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law, Amen. In fact, the curses were longer than the blessings. Because after the blessing, which we are going to read now, at the back of it, there was another list of curses. <laughs> and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments, and so on and so forth. Verse 2 All these blessings shall come upon thee and take thee. Blessed shall you be in the city. Amen. Blessed shall you be. Oh, blessed, actually, it's not blessed. Blessed is you. Blessed shall you be in the field. Amen. Blessed shall you be when you go out and come in. And then it kept going on and on and on and on. And it shall come to pass. The other guys, again. <laughs> if you do not listen to the commandment, can you come, can you come? These curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Ah, all of them shall say, Amen. <laughs> it has been, I'm reading it to I'm not forgetting. <laughs> God shall not be in the city. Amen. Because <laughs> I'm serious. This is here now. I Ah. Right? Verse 21 is where I'm going to. He said, And the Lord shall make the pestilence to cleave unto thee. Everybody shouted, Amen. <laughs> Remember in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, he said, Try me now and see if I will not rebuke the devourer for your sake. They entered into the covenant based on what Jacob has said. That Lord, if you protect me, if you do this, bless me, I'll do this. Nobody told Abraham to tithe when he saw Melchizedek. It was called the the, the, history, the slaughter of kings. After I slaughtered those guys and stuff, 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 all the spoils came. He came and gave a tithe to God. That God that you because of it. He took only 318 men. And after the conquest and all this, he don't blow, you know, Bitcoin money, go And then he came back and he said, Lord, this is you. And then I'm going to walk you guys through the process of tithing. Tithing also is a process. Because some people say, 
tight so that things will not be tight for you. So people are tightening and things are even tighter. Mm. <laughs> it's because they are doing it without revelation. I'm not serious. Ah. <laughs> no, I'm serious now. Ah. <laughs> okay. So if you look at all these things now, you realize that God was not at fault. See. Thank God for some people in my life who are helping me understand more. There's something, and there's somebody called a bailiff. A bailiff is the person who allows there to be law and order in the court. So when they bring a witness to stop, all those people that need to carry all those witnesses, those are called bailiffs. Yeah? Now, do you know it will shock you that God was not the one enforcing the law? God put an angel to enforce the law. Let me quickly take a digression. Exodus 23, 20, don't open, I'll read it for you. God said to Moses, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you, to guide you on your way. Verse 21 says, Give heed to him, listen to him, obey his voice, be not rebellious before him, or provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgression. For my name is in him. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Then he went on to talk about other qualities of the angel. This was after this, this covenant thing. So the angel was there. I'm marking times you. you should make mistake, we'll do it for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Alright. So let's now turn to Hebrews 7. You know, I said today, today, today's not going to be that boring. Today's so you might be feeling bored already. But I need you to understand why you why you are doing what you're doing. Hebrews 7. Do you know where Hebrews is? Sure. Hebrews is before James. Is after Philemon, I think it has, is it 13? 13 chapters or so. I'm not sure. 13. Ah, I know the Bible. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1. So for people that, that, that used to say that, you know, Titan is Old Testament stuff, you will see it here now. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The book of Hebrews is the book of people, of, of, of is a book that any Christian who understands covenant should read. I learned it from Kenneth Copeland. It is the book of covenant. Praise God. Alright. Verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, was reiterating what was happening in Genesis chapter 14. When um, Abraham came and stuff, you know. King of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of kings and blessed him. Verse 2. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. First being by interpretation, king of righteousness, and after that, also king of Salem. Now, verse 4, now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And verily, verily, you know, and keep, let me quickly even say this, let me drop this here. Your tithing does not go to God in cash. It goes to your pastors. And yes, it goes there. I like how you have some Yoruba um, language people say, Okwalonjere, yejeba, yejekokore, okwa. It means that God does not eat human food. That God's diet is thanksgiving, is praises. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? So what happens is, because when you look at the whole Malachi thing, what God was trying to say is that you have dishonored this covenant. And God actually explicitly said it. Sorry, put a marker on your Bible. We'll go to Malachi chapter 1, not 3 now. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. You will not see that God was actually paying. But God still did not curse. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
tithing, see, scripture says that we are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, right? Amen. But God has placed some people to be overseers of the priesthood. And Ephesians 4. And he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, preachers, pastors, right? Those people are the overseers of we, the priests. Does that make sense to you now? Good. So your tithe goes to them. If you read Acts chapter 5, sorry, I'm just dishing out scripture. If you read Acts chapter 5, when Ananias and Sapphira came and they were those guys are not Christians. Do you know they were not Christians? You don't know. Open your eyes. Let's read Malachi. Remind me. I will show it to you now. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Are you there? Are you there? Read, read 6. Read 6. A son honoreth his father. And a servant his master. If then I be a father. Where is my honor? Hold on. Go on. You finish it. And if I be a master, where is my fear? Where is my fear? Say the Lord of hosts unto you. O priests that despise my name. O priests that, listen, see, it wasn't even saying people, it wasn't you, the priests, are despising my name. If you now read down Malachi 3.10, that I was shouting, that all of you think that God is cursing. If you read down, let's even read down, you will see that God was, he was paining God, but God still did not curse. He was reading what those guys were saying, amen, too. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 27 and 28. Malachi 3, let's check verse uh, 12. Malachi 3, verse 12. No, no, verse, uh, verse 13. It says, Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, How have we spoken so much against you? Then God went on to say this. He said, You have said it is vain to serve God. He was talking to the priesthood. The people were offering sacrifices in the temple. He said, you have said it is vain to serve me. And what profit is it that we have kept his, his ordinance? And that we have walked mournfully before the... And verse 15 now goes on to say, And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that walk wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Let me tell you what they were trying to say. They said, say, even Yahoo boys that are doing money ritual, they are making profit. We waiting the game. That's what they were trying to say. And so when they were bringing tithe and offering, they were bringing it grudgingly. And God had told them in Exodus chapter 16, he said, when a man is bringing tithe and stuff, they should do it without grudging. That was what Paul reiterated. That God loves a cheerful giver. Does that make... Are you seeing how they are tying scriptures together? Because some of the things that Paul and Peter and stuff, they were not particularly writing new things. They were going to the Old Testament, bringing it making it, putting it in the light of the New Testament, explaining it for us to understand. And so God, God, God was, how can you do this to me? Am I not your father? So, as Christians now, I used to shout out the father, no, God has been father, even in Temo, even in the Old Testament. So where, where, where is my, so what God, what God was trying to say is, that's what he was trying to say. That you guys are sports brats. I take care of you, I keep you, I protect you, yet you dishonor me. Anyways, this is what I have to say to you. Your fathers, who are still my children, they are my child, they place the curse, and this is the curse. Do you see what's happening now? So your tithe goes to the pastor. So question, what do we use tithes for? In church, what do we use offerings for? I thought it's in the lab portal. What is it for? 
open um, Act 5. So we'll talk about the nice and This is what your tithes are for. This facility we are in now, it costs money to rent it. Do you know? By the time sound system begins to come, it's not free. We'll buy it. When we have concerts and stuff, for some of you who have been to our conferences and concerts, it's money. When you see 1,000 people come, you think they just came because, you know, if, <laughs> it's money. So, remember God said, bring the tithe so that I might have meat in my storehouse. He's saying, see, guys, the gospel runs on me, but you need cash. So all of you contribute cash so we can get things done. Even before Jesus could multiply five loaves and two fish for 5,000 people, somebody had to bring it. Tell, tell your neighbor, if you do you. Come on, guys. Why you guys don't me? Say, if you do you. Oh, because it's not in the scripture. That's why you can't say it again. Praise God. It is your job to make sure that there is meat in the storehouse. So your time and offering, they are used for, for this, buying chairs, buy land, build church. They are for helping the needy, helping the widows. Widow. Widows. Abi, it's correct. Good. They are for helping people. They are for paying salaries. Some pastors, that's all they do. So you pay them salary because they have children now. You send their children to school. Some workers, some guys in church need Sometimes it's their full-time job. Music guys, the ushering guys, the administrative guys, sometimes you pay them salaries. So yes. Because if you go back to the Old Testament, there were 12 tribes of Israel, right? One tribe, Levi, did not work. Those guys were responsible for the spiritual oversight of Israel. They were the ones who were doing all the cursing thing. Right? So it was their job. So now, God now told them, if you now read for that, we're going to read for that. So I give a tenth. This tenth, give it to the tribe of Levi. Of Levi, rather. Then God now even told the, the tribe of Levi, he said, after you get, because they were the tribe that descended from Aaron. He said, when you get this tithe, don't even eat everything. Make part of it to offer sacrifices to me. That is why even churches, as a, churches as a whole, are supposed to even tithe. Not just individuals. So who do churches tie to? They tie to other churches. What is it used for? For missionary purposes. Are you seeing how this thing is working? Remember there was a conference we had in 2018. Yield. For some of you who were there. Yeah. It was at the MSN. We had about 2,000 people in that building. That building was really hot. It's packed with hot. We don't call conferences and uh, 10 people come. It's just because this is teaching. That's why it looks like this. When you call conferences, thousands come. Right? And it's because there is a need to be met. So now something weird happened in that conference that, that the last time I saw it happen was when Jesus was feeding the 5,000. So worship was going. People, people that were, there was a guy that was sick with hepatitis B. He was healed on the spot. The people falling by the anointing. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Things just pa, pa, pa. And now the guy was going, yeah, fall down. Something else happened. Somebody in tears and a lady had a word of knowledge. She said, Thank you. Please show me that there are people who came here without money. That they should come for. They will have money. So I declare. You know, it's, it's very nice when you're not the only one that is seeing. It's best to lead a seeing people too. Because there are sometimes you can make mistakes, there are sometimes you don't say some things, and they see it. 
So they did, she came out. So we, we, we made the word. So about five people came out. One of them is 90 years old. Once, once he resumes, he will come. But I won't show you who he is. That guy was broke. <laughs> Praise God. So those guys came. Two guys. No, it was three people. One guy and two girls. So they came forward. Hey guys, if you don't have money, please just come forward. And if you have money, please come and give to these guys. They are our brothers. They're just like us. We had like three of those offering baskets at the back. That thing was full of money. So as people were falling down under the power here, people were donating as the cash was flowing around. Some people, some people give 10 some people give 1,000, some people give 500. Money was just going. I was crying. I was like, hey. Actually, really cried. And so, when the guy saw the money, because the ushers took them to one side, while in the auditorium, things were still happening, worship, music, everything was going, people were falling, you know, words. They shall share the money. The guy was like, oh, this is too wonderful. So he cut his money into two, gave to the two girls. God is too good. Wow. So this came out. Those two girls in return shared their money, gave it back. Wait to. So as anointing was flying everywhere, money was going around. So for all of you that think that it's your titan offering that some pastors are using to buy private jets, it's, it's a like it's scam. I'll say it. Bishop David Oyedepo, how much tithe do you want to give? Do you know how much a, do you know, do you know how much a private jet is? Wait, wait, do you have an idea how much a Gulfstream 650 is? Do you have an idea? It's not one million dollars, it's not 10 million dollars. That's three point something billion already. Let me tell you how he could have got the jet. Imagine a lady come. Okay, there's a lady who came to meet me one time. She had megaloblastic anemia, and um, <laughs> she was bedridden for two years. She had five children. Her husband divorced her on the bed. I've shared this with you. Her husband divorced divorced her on the bed. Married another person while she was on the sick bed. Took all her land and property because she was rich. She was a naval officer. She still is a naval officer. Glory to God now. Hmm? And this is how it works. They give her blood. Like one week later, they can't find the blood. The blood, the blood has dried up. So she began to she continued shrinking. So my father called me. My father is a surgeon. So this is what's happening. Henceforth now, we are the one that will be ministering to this woman. There's nothing we can do again. I said, alright, alright, pops. Give her. She's like, so because usually when, when I'm in Lagos and my father is around his friend, said, I have a son who can pray and God will hear your prayer. Praise God. Around the day, one December time. We went to go and fix car tire. And answer to the All of you come in. All of you come, come, come. My father, my, my real dad, like the one that gave back to me. <laughs> said, All of you come, 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 come. My son, you can see. Just that anything you have, any problem you have, we'll pray for you. Now I can understand what the madman of Gadara did when, when Jesus healed him. Remember when Jesus was coming back, there was crowd already. Because my dad too has seen what God can do in his son's life. Yeah. And that's how you can be a spiritual oversight to your biological parents. Where they want to make any decision, they call you. And I say this with, with so much humility. So, Popsy gave me a number and stuff. So usually, when my dad is going for a very difficult surgery, he calls me. I don't need that. You did do your surgery for you. Remember, do my surgery for you. Okay. Bam. Right? So sometimes I just said that. Okay. 
and then <laughs> the person dies. <laughs> Praise God. It's not a good thing. But I'll tell you why some of those things happen. So, so this woman, he gave me a number and and I began crying. She was she was Muslim at the time, Bona. She was from Bona. She's from Bona State. Like, how are you? I said, okay, I'll call you back. So I knew that there was no faith in her heart. And I could not call for the healing with anointing because she will get well, but she will return back sick. So she had to understand faith. So I called her at 4 a.m. like a week after. I said, patience. I said, yes. I'm in your room now. On your table, there is a bottle here. There's a black bag. There's a phone by your side. On this other side, so I began to describe. Pastor, where are you? Pastor, Pastor, where are you? He said, no, it's, it's not me. God is showing me. He sent an angel. There's an angel by your side. I believe. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> so at 4 a.m., she gave her life to Christ. At 5 a.m., she began to pray in the Holy Ghost. In 17 hours, she was up from the bed. She laid hands, two days later, she laid hands on someone who was in coma on another bed. That one came back from coma. Guys, listen. All of you are quiet now. Ha! Huh? How did we get to megaloblastic anemia? Private jet. Private jet. Now, so, this woman was like, Master, please send me your account. I want to send you half a million to stuff and stuff. Now, imagine that kind of woman having a billion dollars in her account. Mm. And over two years, she had, because her uncle too was very rich, they had spent millions of naira treating stuff. They flew her to India, nothing. She wanted to send me that because that's all she had left in her account. So imagine if she had a private jet. She had like three sitting down. They are very rich Nigerian girls. You don't know they are rich in this country. There are some that they don't know what is called recession. They're not that rich, maybe just one billion dollars here, two billion dollars. So you won't find them on Forbes list, on Forbes list. And it's not your own money, it's not blood money, it's original money. Praise God. So imagine I raised one of them son, sons back from the dead. How much do you think it would give me? <laughs> Is it making sense to you now? Yeah. They don't they, your tithes cannot give them because why they are buying the jet, there will not be money to build the church. There will not be money. Are you are you seeing? Yeah. Do you see? So, well, that's what your title is used for. Anyways, so, um, um, so, let's now tell you about those guys there. And I'm like, Acts chapter 5. I'm glad you read it. Since you're the one that gave the most expression when I told you that you were not Christian. But a certain man named Ananias. Listen, but a certain man named Ananias. Now, in the Bible, sorry, hold on. When they are referring to people who are not believers, they, say, they will say a certain man or a certain woman. When they are referring to people who are believers, they say a certain disciple named... Because Jesus did not just have 12, he had more than 12. Those 12 were just his core guys. Is that making sense to you now? So a certain man named Ananias. So that's how you will know. That's one of the points. There was another thing that gave him up that he was not a... Yeah. Sold the possession. Brought part of the money to the apostles. Yeah. He claimed it was a full amount. Okay. His wife had agreed to this deception. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What, what, what did it? Sorry, that's not King James. No, no, don't worry. It's fine. I love NLT so much. It's good. 
they had agreed to what deception. They wanted to come and deceive, so that they now go and say, "You see, those guys are not men of God. They are not men of God." We, we told them it was hundred k, but they are telling you. See, don't mind them. Don't mind them. They are scamming people. That's true. Okay, that's three. Then Peter said, "Now listen." Peter said, "Ananias." Why has Satan filled your heart? Why has Satan filled your heart? Hold on. Satan cannot fill the heart of a Christian. So if he was a Christian, two things. He will not connect with his wife to deceive. If he was a Christian, Satan could not have filled your heart. So we know what happened. He died. Now, people are like, ah, it's not dead. And we know that the wages of sin is dead. But God is love. God is checking it. Now, listen. The Bible says in the book of Luke 4.18, Jesus was, was saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, but he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto me. The, Jesus was saying Isaiah 61. Everybody open to Isaiah 61. We are opening plenty of Bible today, I know. So, so that you will know why those guys died. Isaiah 61. Are you there? Can you read it out for me? One to like four. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Yes. Stop. If you read Luke 14, those were the exact words Jesus used. But you notice Jesus stopped at the comma. If you read Isaiah 61, this is now where the church continues from as a body. Wait, what did you now say? What does it look? No, 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 Isaiah. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Yes. And the day of vengeance of our Lord. Listen, to proclaim the acceptable and the day of what? Vengeance. That is why it is not wrong when a witch comes in here and then you tell the person to die, the person dies. Because the person is not coming here to do you good. Scripture says in the Old Testament, suffer not a witch to live. James is just very funny. So what King James was trying to say is that say, when he reaches a life, you are suffering. Don't say, don't let them suffer too much. Don't keep them. So those prayers we pray in MFN, for them and die. They are very valid prayers. They are not wrong. For all of you that like exegesis, it's not wrong. Let me tell you. If you do not fire, they will shoot you. You will die. You die, could die. You will not die anyhow. <laughs> But you will go to heaven. But you are not supposed to be in heaven at this time. But you will die. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Some of those guys are not ready to give their... Who heard what happened in, in Winner's Church in Kaduna? A guy, a suicide bomber, entered the church. If that thing went up, they will just die. They will go to heaven, but they will, God didn't want them to die. Are you seeing what we are saying? Yes. So it is not wrong when you come wake up in the night and say, I decree. You straight man, Kinikon, Kinikon. David, David, did, ah, David took cause one kind of mad cause. Let his days be few. Let his generation. Very polished scriptural curses, not, you know, Wakukuya. No, 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 it was, let his days be few. I know this kind of course when you could just stand like, like, like uh, Captain America. Let his days be few. No, no, like that kind of course. <laughs> There was, there was a, there was a, there was a, and listen, curse is just an absence of blessing. When you turn up, it's like there's darkness. So if I tell you, 
Because I'm just telling you, I'm withholding the light away from there, so there'll be darkness. Simple. That's just what the curse is. Sickness is absence of health. Poverty is absence of wealth. Making sense to you now? When I read that scripture, let his days be free. I thought, I didn't love God now. Guy, how far? Why? Calm down now. Jesus is love. Jesus is love. Was it not Jesus that was chasing people inside the temple for selling stuff? Can you imagine Jesus with death? You, you don't need to be what? You don't need to be Jesus that came to die for them. Because sometimes human beings used to be like. There are three kinds of people that God classifies humans to sheep, goats, and wolves. Goats are people in church who mess around, they misbehave, like the Corinthian church. That they believe there's God, they believe they love God, but you know they can't they just want to be naughty. Those ones still have a chance to become sheep. But the wolves are the ones we are that we are causing. So when you say a Christian misbehaving and you're sleeping around with God, you know, just keep praying for him. Counsel him, slap him sometimes, you're older than him. But he's very sick. But if the guy is a serial rapist, let's your this Praise God. <laughs> but listen, God actually wants that rapist to be a Christian. But after they have preached, 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 no into it. Two seconds. <laughs> About two seconds. <laughs> Praise God. So there was, there was, I'm sure some of you must have heard the story about Archbishop Benson Naosa and, and a witch on NTA. Yeah. Right? And that, you know, those guys wanted to hold the meeting in Benin. Archbishop Benson Naosa said, you cannot hold it. Someone said, even God cannot stop us. Archbishop said, ah, leave us here. God, nah, God is, God is too big for this. And this boy, I'm down here. And here, you are not, you are not having any meeting. And so the guy began to argue, 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 argue. And so Papa just went. So the Bible says, suffer not a witch to me. Are you a witch or not? Let me kill you here. <laughs> and the guy said, I'm not a witch. <laughs> Again, I'm, just, I'm sorry, but I'm giving his life to Christ afterwards. Praise God. Sometimes when I'm going, when I go home, because we have a house in Badagri, when I go home, we have the, the, all this old road, sacrifice stuff and all. When I enter, when I stand at the front of my gate, I just shout, Motideo, and I enter the gate. I wasn't speaking to people, I was speaking to the atmosphere. My mom says anytime I'm in the room, anytime I enter the house, where I travel and I come. So that's the time she sleeps peacefully the most. Sometimes I'm not praying. I'm just like my bed, person from chatting to her family. Because you need to understand that as a Christian, you carry God, not the presence of God. God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 16. First, no, 2 Corinthians 6 16. He said, I will be their God, they will be my people. I will live in them. I will walk in them. Pray God. You are not honorary. You are normal. You are not. Abnormal doesn't mean that you are sick. It just means you are different. Okay, you are paranormal. Or you are supernormal. I think that's more to show you. Supernormal, I mean. <laughs> Praise God. You are not ordinary. What do you mean? Okay, okay, show your last one. You are not an ordinary person. I remember there was a time in quarters, I was walking home, just walking down. There was around one here because I like walking. Now I'm moving to Nico. I like quarters. Quarters, you can walk at any time, pray, sit down on the floor. There was a time that when I'm walking, I'm tired. I just down the floor, streaming YouTube, enjoying my life. Two years, right? So one year, I was just walking, and I saw one guy with sacrifice. The guy stood by the sacrifice in the middle of the road, and I was just looking at 
I walked out. I was praying the Holy Ghost. So I stopped that and I looked at him. And my mind I was like, God, what do you Is this time to preach to me? Or should I just pass him? <laughs> I stood in front of him and I was thinking, no, I'm serious. Oh, he was dead with the sacrifice. And I was like, and so I could feel the guy do this. Please don't take Praise God. You are not normal. You are not what? You are super. Ah, we have digressed plenty, plenty. Let's go to the process of typing. Let this one deliver you. People that type and things things are see type. See, typing just acknowledges that God is your source. Tithing is one of your instruments of faith. Another instrument of faith is the blood of the Lamb. Another instrument of faith is the words of your testimony. Read the book of Revelation 3. For they overcame him by the word, the blood of the Lamb. And the word, their words of their testimony. So those are instruments of faith. Do you understand what we're saying here? Your tithing is an instrument of faith over, over financial stuff. Praise God. I, I sent a video to the WhatsApp group about a... a, a, a a, a man and his, his daughter where um, um, the daughter was swimming in the US and she drowned. So all these um, paramedics came and, you know, you know, trying to do CPR and stuff and she, she, she didn't come back to life. And so the father of the daughter, of the child, just ran to her. It was in a Kenekopan conference that was sharing that testimony. I said, no, my girl cannot die. I am a tither. He didn't say I'm a Christian. Devil, the Lord has rebuked you for my sake. Because Malachi 3 says the Lord shall rebuke the word, the devourer. The devourer is not just, you know, demonic oppression. It can also be recession. If you check the Greek word, that, the, sorry, the Hebrew word for that um, devourer, was talking about low-cost, pestilences, plagues, even down to death. Praise God. I am a tiger. And he said from the floor, the baby jumped bam, back up to life. And then the paramedics were like, ah. So other doctors had been coming to the scene. Ah, where's the baby that they said she has drowned? And everybody was like, that's it. And so they invited, you know, they interviewed the girl, the young girl. Now what happened to you? Well, you know how American young children do. Yeah. I just came back from the dead. Like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> children can be very, very sharp about it. Right? Praise God. Amen. Tithing is an instrument of faith. It is a New Testament thing. It is not compulsory. Sorry that you're sweating. You also want to define again. So, now let me just rush through Genesis chapter 14. Right? Verse 18 and 19. You know, that was where the tithe thing happened. That everybody had been fighting themselves, killing themselves up and down. Now, let me not tell you the process of tithing. So when, when, and if you notice, we didn't tell you to give your offering. Because I wanted you guys to do this process when you are giving offering to you. Or tithe. Melchizedek now said, so after Abraham brought tithe, Melchizedek brought communion, bread and wine, you know, and stuff. He said, blessed be Abraham. God, blessed be Abraham, by God most I, creator of heaven and earth. That was verse 19. So the first step was what? He blessed Abraham. But remember, Jesus 
in the New Testament is likely is likened to Melchizedek, not by the person of Melchizedek, but by the order of Melchizedek. What's the order? High priest. So when you bring your tithe to God, Jesus is saying to God, Blessed be Bolu by God Most High, Creator of heaven and earth. That's what Jesus is doing. I learned this from Reverend Bosaya of Victor. And then Melchizedek blessed God. He said, and blessed be God most high who deliver your enemies into your hands. So it was like, blessed be God most high who deliver who delivered poverty into Bolu's hands. Who delivered wealth into Bolu's hands. Who delivered Bolu out of poverty rather. Who delivered Bolu out of darkness. Blessed be your name, Lord. And then he now received the tithe. So before you give your tithe, you first give it in your heart. Before you give it with your hands. Praise God. Because Jesus will say in the New Testament, he said, For they honor me with, their, uh, with, their, with much things of their mouth, but their hearts are far away from me. Because what happens is that tithing goes to the pastor in cash, but it goes to God in, in the form of honor. So it takes faith to tithe. Amen? Amen. So now we have established that Jesus is the one that receives our tithe under the new covenant, yeah? So tithing is a proof of our financial victory over the devil. Because if the devil has you defeated in your finances, you will not have any money to tithe or give offering or seed or first fruit or anything. We can call it in church. See, one of the major worries in church that people are sad, depressed, is money. So we used to say that money cannot buy happiness. See, we should shut up. Don't say that thing. Don't say that thing again. I, I read somewhere, they said, money cannot buy you happiness, but money can buy you ice cream. And when you take ice cream, you'll be happy. So money can buy you happiness. <laughs> Praise God. God, Apostle Paul said, was it Apostle Paul Peter? He said, money is the one that uh, answered what? All things. But it is the love of money that is what the root of you. So money in itself is not bad. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus praises and worships God because of my tithe. Say after me, Jesus. Jesus praises, praises and worships God because of my time. So say something like this. And praise be to God most high. Say who delivered Bolu from the kingdom of darkness and brought him into the kingdom of his son. Alright, and then Jesus receives your tithe. Right? So tithing is a process, it's not just something that happens when the basket goes around. Alright? Now something now happened. This is where I'll begin to round up. In that same chapter of Genesis 14, verse 23, 21 23, Abraham also made a declaration. We don't make declaration because we just feel we are giving for the sake of the gospel. But remember, I said tithing is also an instrument of what? Faith. You can use it to stir things around. Because it is covenant, it is not law. Covenant and law are two different things. Covenant is, let us come. Covenant is this. This is what covenant is. We strike the deal. We cut blood, we lick each other's blood. If, if you don't do anything, you will die. Amen. If you do something good, you will live. Amen. Right? But what happens in the covenant? What everything she has becomes mine. Everything I have becomes mine. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So Jacob made a covenant with God. Abraham made a covenant with God. You two should make a covenant with God. I'm serious, you should. And so the king of Sodom 
came to Abraham that guy, okay, because you, you helped me, let me give you stuff. Say, you can take anything you want, just take your sin. I like your sin. Just take anything. You want. Do you know what Abraham said? He said, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and I have taken an oath. I've sworn. This is how we knew that Abraham also made a covenant with God. That I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or tongue of your sandal, so that you will never be able to say that I made Abraham rich. So when the devil comes and says, See, you're broke. That's a labor. You will say, No, I have raised my hand up to God. Your hand is a symbol of productivity. I have raised my businesses up to God. I have raised my ministry up to God. I will not take anything from you, devil, because I have taken an oath that I'm a steward of God's finances. I remember there was a time, there was a lady who was, a woman who was sick, and um, a certain woman was sick, and she was brought to me. And that time of my life, I was broke, but I had the anointing. <laughs> I still have the anointing. Hallelujah. Say to yourselves, I have the anointing. And I'm anointed by God. Ah, good. So, but there was just no cash. You know how, you know there are, there are some pastors who you are very anointed for. It's not because God doesn't love them. It's just because they have been a little bit ignorant about this. There are some churches that they have so much money, but there's no anointing on their head. But they are still Christians, so. Praise God. We need to know that say, God wants you to be rich. God says in the, um, David said in the book of Psalms 7, said, God delights in the prosperity of his servant. Praise God. Praise God, though. So this woman, after you know, later she was fine and everything and stuff. I even ask for, of course, I will not ask for seed. We don't do that here. You give as purported, as proposed in your heart. And so the woman began to say, because in that time a lot of people had deserted her, so she was like the only one. She was like, Pastor, you're the only one that calls me. This woman is like 15 years plus older than me. You're the only one that calls me. No husband, no nothing, no children. Um, Pastor, you know I love you. Pastor, let's do. Nobody has to know. And this woman had stupid money, like money that no have sense. Like she had a lot of money. You know I'm human, right? I'm like, wait, it's true. Nobody you know. Because I needed the money. <laughs> but then I felt the Holy Spirit like this to me. <laughs> So I said to the woman, no. She's like, hey, see, don't worry, my money is yours. Olu worry me. She began, I'm not, I'm serious. She called me that. I'm, I'm very serious. I said, ah, my ministry is not over here five years old. You want to, you want to off my neck? And that, every day she sends me a time, 2K, 3K, a time. She was just always fighting me that I never sent my account number. She would call me every day. So I went to the Lord. Say, Lord, how far? I was even thinking that God would say, you know, can you tell her to succeed? You know, oh my God, now my God knows that his own needs money. God said, block her and delete all her numbers. I said, eh? God, baby, God, we both need, okay, you were the one that you man, but you use me. You don't need the money, I need the money. Let's do something now. No, I wasn't saying we should make out, but I was saying at least. Then you know that strategy, we can use to collect money from God said no. And this is what Abraham was trying to say. 
I have raised my hand to God. I have taken an oath that I will never accept nothing from you. Not that the woman wanted me to die, or she was doing it sincerely because she, she don't love her. Because if somebody is there for you when you when nobody was there for you, you will naturally begin to like the person. So she was she's I mean she was not trying to be any. But I had to make her know that see. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but I'm also righteousness responsible. Praise God. Holiness is just the responsibility of righteousness. They are different sides of the same coin. Praise God. And so I blocked the woman and stuff. So you know in my mind I'd be like, ah, since I've blocked the woman, God has said I've tried. You will not send money the next day. Two weeks I'll still go. Praise God. But things began to pick up from there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So tight when you tight, you are you are saying God. I dare you. God, I give you. See, this time I'm giving you is to let you know that I, I'll be your guy. That's, that's what you're trying to tell God. Amen. So let's not talk about the doctrine of tithing. Very briefly. So after you know Moses has said that they are so good told the Lord, they are swear for themselves, all those kind of things, they have blessed themselves. The Exodus chapter 16, don't read, just listen to me. Everybody, please can, can we be attentive? Everybody? Don't worry, don't open. Exodus 16, 33 to 36. So Moses said to Aaron, get a container, because this was this was the time when God began to give them manna from heaven. When God began to give them manna from heaven. Praise God. Remember, when he gave them manna for six days, he fed them. 16 verse 33. Right? He gave them... So I, I went to research that what, what was that manna? That manna was actually uh, honey waffles and meat. So all these... Um, not waffles, um, wafers. No, not wafers, biscuit. But then, soaked with honey. So these guys were eating correct food, you know? So people when you say man, I think it's that only communion bread they are eating. No, that's not man now. God would bring somebody out of Egypt. The journey was supposed to take 40 days, but because of their ignorance and the rebellious, they ended using 40 years. Mm. But, but God still said that, okay, you are nonsense, but I'm still your father. Do you think God would give them hand-me-downs? Give them proper meal. When Elijah was depressed, God did not come and lay hands on him. God sent him food. His problem was food. Yes, now she be sent ravens to bring food to him. And as yet, the scripture says Elijah went in the strength 40 days. <laughs> it wasn't a 19,000, but it wasn't fear. The guy was hungry. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah, right? And so Moses said to Aaron, get a container. So after that, God now told them, he actually instructed them now. He said, take Watch something on verse 33. He said, get a Exodus 16, verse 33. Get a container, put two quarts of manna in it. I'll tell you the measurement very soon. Then store it in a sacred place as a reminder for all future generations that God is actually the provider. Adi? Verse 34. Aaron now did this, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He eventually placed it in the Ark of the Covenant for safekeeping. Verse 35 went on to say. So the people of Israel ate manna for 40 years until they arrived in the land of Canaan. And they were cropped to it. The container, now, scripture explicitly said in verse 36 that the container used to measure the manna was an omer. Since you are reading NLT, what does it say there? Um, what verse? Verse 36. 36. Said so the container was used to measure the omer, which we got told Aaron to put for safekeeping. You know? uh, yes, what did it say here? The container used to measure the manna was an omer, which held about two cards. 
Now, if you read another translation, it will tell you, let's look for another translation. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Yes, what does it say? According to ancient measurement, an omer is one-tenth of an effa. What is one-tenth what? of an effa? What is that type? So do you know what that meant? He said, in other words, God told Moses to tithe on behalf of Israel, just like Abraham did for his people. And the eighth man that is honey with us for 40 years, tithe preserves the wealth that God gives to you. It rebuked the devourer for your sake. I won't argue it with anybody in this life, I promise. I will not argue it. No, that's not that. It's not under the law. I've been tightening. It has been working for me. And I've been doing it with revelation. So I'm not just tightening because, ah, Andre K. quickly came. I gave God 10K. Ah, God, you know, we, are, we, are, we are in business together. No. So God, this thank you. I am your steward. This money is yours. But you told me to give you a 10. Why didn't God say give me an 11? So, you know, 11 is there. Why? Why you can't say? Praise God. So do not withhold more than his meat. Hmm? When God, when 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 provision comes, honor God with your substance. Scripture says in Proverbs eleven twenty four, it said, "There is that scattered yet increased. There is he that withholded more than his meat, but tended to poverty." Some people they chop tight, they are still anointed, but they are poor because they are chopping tight. Remember what I said that tithing is an instrument of faith to declare your financial victory over what the devil. So when you are eating your tithe, now. What I mean by that, what, what's actually happening is you are saying, Lord, you are my savior, but you are not Lord over my finances. Let me handle it. Don't worry, I, I got it myself. I got it. I got it. That 10% is for me. God will fight you. You will still make heaven. You still lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I'm serious. I'm actually very serious. God will still send people to bless you. But your wealth, you'll be rich, but you won't be wealthy. There's a difference. Right. So, uh, let me now try to seal it for you to make you understand that tithing is a New Testament thing. Our apostle of blessed memory, Paul, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6 to 29. I'll just read different scriptures of it. He said, Even as Abraham believed God and was counted for him by righteousness, verse 7, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith are the same children of Abraham. Verse 8 goes on to say, And the scripture, for sin that God will justify the hidden through faith, he preached the gospel unto Abraham. That, um, the, um, verse 9 says, So then which be faithful are blessed. So so then which, so then, so then they which be your faith, ah, King James, are blessed with faithful Abraham. That the blessing of Abraham, listen, oh, listen, listen. Say that the, verse 14, in case you are there, chapter 3, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, to Abraham and his seed, where the promise is made, he said not unto the seed of many, but as of one, unto thy seed which is Christ. Verse 18 goes on to say, For the inheritance be of the law. Listen, you know, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. God was trying to say that God made a covenant of wealth, of prosperity, of stuff, not with law to Abraham. He made it of promise. And so if you are a seed of Abraham, you will do what Abraham did. Abraham acknowledged God with his time. So why shouldn't you? Is it making sense to you now? And all nations shall call you blessed. Eh, eh, eh. Okay, okay, sorry. I was going to go back to Malachi. Well, let, me, let me leave it there. Let me round off by saying this. Let's look at the giving from another perspective. Finally, nobody goes to an eatery to eat without paying for their meals, except their thieves. 
So you go to New Bukaya to get it. And so you chop awesome meal. And then you leave as Papa guy say there's no need to pay. They'll call you, they'll call you a thief. So how can you come to the church, the word of um, the house of God? You know, there's a difference between preachers and motivational speakers. Motivational speakers talk to inspire. Preachers speak to transform. There's a difference. Scripture says in the book of um, Ezekiel that the Spirit of God entered into me and set me upon, upon my feet. When a preacher preaches, there's something inside your spirit burning that will propel you to do stuff. Amen? Amen. Likewise, in church, we learn that Jesus is the bread of life. So let's just imagine we are at, we are, we are at an eatery now. We are here partaking, communion of the bread, glory to God of life. We partake of the sincere milk of the word. Now, like unlike any eatery where meals have price tags, the meals serve in the kingdom. They are not meat and drink, literally, but they are righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, right? They can also be paid for by communicating honor through substance. Because scripture says that where the treasure of a man is, there's hard will be. So coming to God's house to partake of a meal for the transformation of your soul and you not coming to honor through substance is actually robbery. Praise God. Amen. That does not mean that God still does not love you. Hmm? That does not mean, but you are passing a message to God saying that though you are my savior, you are not Lord over my, over my material possessions. And that's an insult. Again, I say that is robbery. Now, like salvation, and I close with this, Tithing is very necessary under the new covenant. But it is not compulsory. Tithing is simply telling God, I am your faithful steward who will make sure that your storehouse is always full. I therefore stand before this honorable court of witnesses to declare my position as a tither. Praise God. So you can report me to all those people. Tell them that Pastor Bolu tithes. I'll say, yes, I tithe. 